Okay, it's time to go. This is the combo norm along with Mike Sunday, February 19, 2023. The Leafs a 5-1 winner over Les Habitants at Scotiabank Arena last night with Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari in the lineup. They were able to expedite themselves from a travel perspective from wherever St. Louis was to Toronto because they just had to be a part of the blue and white. The big trade, 48 hours old, Michael. The Leafs have a win in their back pocket. It's in the Chicago tonight. Wow, we summarize the best way you can, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Norm. Um, well, uh, as, as you said before, we went live. There's a lot. There was a lot of excitement, and I, I, I did a, um, I did a Leaf talk on Twitter Spaces uh, after the deal. And was on the on the air until about 1.30 in the morning um, with a lot of fans who were like, I mean, some were questioning um, whether it was right to expend the draft capital um, that the Leafs did in this deal. And I think that is I think that is a, a legitimate concern. But uh, uh, let's deal with the, the deal itself. Um, they give up three draft picks. Uh, to St. Louis, along with two minor leaguers, Adam Gaudet and Mikhail uh, Abramov, a first in 23, a third in 23, which was the third round pick they got from Ottawa in the Matt Murray deal, and a second in 2024 for Noel Chari and Ryan O'Reilly. And they filtered O'Reilly's $7.5 million salary through Minnesota. Um, they retained 25%. Now, this is the weird thing. They retained 25% of the cap hit, the actual money, and Elliot Friedman ex, uh, explained this last night. Uh, it turned out to be like $75,000 in real money that Minnesota um, had to pay to get a fourth-round pick. So it made a lot of sense for them to do that. And then the reason for that is O'Reilly had a heavy signing bonus uh, at the beginning of the year. So his real salary, I think, was only a million bucks, something like that. And prorated, it was only 75 remaining. So, you know, a good deal for Minnesota. They they used up their cap space and and they get a fourth-round pick. It's a good deal for St. Louis because they get draft uh, three draft picks for a guy that they probably weren't going to be able to sign. At least he was not willing to take. Um, at the, apparently, the St. Louis didn't want to go long-term on O'Reilly. Um but I mean, St. St. Louis is not making the playoffs, and they already traded Tarasenko. So this, I we everybody knew that they were going down this road. How it equates to the Leafs, uh, and last night you saw O'Reilly playing on the uh, at center with Tavares moving to the wing uh, with M Mitch Marner. I don't believe that that is what is going to be his role going down the stretch. Now, right. what they what they trade him though. Prime time. Let's go. Welcome to Toronto. Come on, integrate yourself with the with the big timers, the guys who lead the way, and uh, things will calibrate uh, afterwards, right? Yeah. So why would no. you just come on the third or fourth line and have them play seven minutes? This was a oh, big. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. What what I was, I mean, I think what Sheldon Keith wanted to do yesterday was like you said, integrate them into the lineup and make them feel comfortable. And that's Achari playing center and O'Reilly playing center with talented line mates who knew right. where they were going. So, but 
I think after a few practices, and they play three games in four nights, you know, Montreal, Chicago tonight, and then into Buffalo uh, on Tuesday. Um, after that, there's a few day break. They'll be able to have some practices and right. maybe then I think what will end up happening is what I think is going to end up being his role, which is third line center and not third line center in terms of like playing 12 minutes. I think he'll play elevated minutes. I think it'll be a matchup situation because O'Reilly is a defensive center along the lines of a Patrice Bergeron. He's mm-hmm. one of Selkie. Yep. Um, now he's not as fast as Bergeron is, and he's not a fast player, but he's a smart player, positionally very sound. So I do believe they're not going to put all their eggs in one basket and have O'Reilly and Tavares, and Tavares playing out of position. I think what they're going to do is, you know, Matthews on one line, Tavares on another line, O'Reilly on the third line, moving yep. David Camp down to the fourth line, Achari moving to the wing, but Achari is a right-hand shot. Uh, and he can take face-offs on the right side. So it gives the Leafs a lot of flexibility, and I do believe that once Sheldon Keefe gets practices in, that's what O'Reilly is going to be. This is The Combo, Norm along with Mike. Like the content, subscribe to the channel. Don't forget the uh, podcast portion of this content will be on the platform of your choice within the next day or so. So um, if you want to listen to us after the fact, and while you're on a run or you're doing a workout or, or you're at work, go ahead and do that too. We appreciate all comers. Um, Nola Chari, five hits last night, uh, 14 minutes, 22 seconds of ice time. Feisty guy with some of that Boston blood, Mike. He was in a Stanley Cup final against his buddy uh, Ryan O'Reilly a few years back and was a part of that uh, Bruins team in 19 that was down um three games to two against the uh the maple leafs and obviously we we know how that history went as for o'reilly picked up his first point as a leaf 86 percent on the face off a little bit of power play time a bit on the shorthanded end of things 16 minutes 12 seconds so the you know again there's as as you mentioned when there's some downtime and they can just get to work on, on on systems and stuff like that I mean, these guys will will pick it up pretty quick. But for for two dudes um, and entering the city amid so much fanfare and so much hype and expectation against the Habs team that beat them not too long ago, I mean, they did a really nice job. And I add to that that you know all of the uh, mostly the um, support guys um, like uh, Pierre Engvall and David Camp, um, and of course Michael Bunting picking up picking up the goals, which is. What we kind of wanted with guys like Morgan Riley joining the fray, you know, more more contributions from from dudes who you know you don't see on the score sheet every day. And I don't know if they're uh, you know could, you can associate one with the other, but it just seemed like a, a especially uh, into the second period last night, things really coming together. It was just uh, the it was it was wonderful. You know, it was nice to see. Well, I mean, as many Leaf fans, you know, I mean, if I think if they won one, went one in eighty, one in eighty-one in a regular season, the one victory they'd want is against the Habs. Right. And when the Habs beat them, it's it it, it it's particularly uh, aggravating. Um, you know, they bought they lost the two games in Montreal opening night, and then one when the day after Cole Caulfield is out for the year and Rem scores uh in overtime so last night when josh anderson who is the prototypical definition of a leaf killer um 
you know, scores to open this, to open the scoring at one, nothing. Um, you know, I'm sure Lee fans are like, you oh, know, great, here we go. But they turned it around in the second period. They got a few goals. Uh, I have to, you know, can't be lost that Joseph Wall played really well. Yep. And, uh, you know, so I mean, he's played great in the minors and he played really well last night, bouncing back from a bad game against Columbus. But it really was a bad game overall for the team. So I can't really uh, slag on the young kid. But he played really well last night, and then I in until Matt Murray comes back, I think you know Wall's going to get the occasional game, and Samsonov might be back tonight, and might be Shawburn tonight against Chicago. But it was a nice bounce back effort against a bad team. Uh, they you know really can't put a lot of stock into what they did against Chicago because Chicago is possibly the worst team in the league. Well, hold on a sec there, Mike. We've been on this Maple Leafs team for not stepping on the throats of a puncher. Super vulnerable. They did. They so did, but can't make something of it. They did, but but that game was three to two against Chicago and a very sloppy game. And even Sheldon Keep was like, you know, he was pleased they got the two points. He was not right. pleased with the way they played. Last night they played a much smarter game, and you could see the you could see the the, the seeds of what is going to happen with O'Reilly. I mean, O'Reilly is a very perf- uh, uh, positionally sound player makes good decisions, uh, is good along the wall, wins faceoffs. I mean, his his faceoff percentage before the trade, I believe, was like fifty three percent, and that's really good. And that was the worst faceoff percentage he's had in about six or seven years. Right. So last night he goes twelve and two on draws. So there is an indication of you know defensive zone draws. It's not going to be. Right. Tavares and Camp all the time. Now you mix O'Reilly and now you mix Achari, who's a 53 or 54% face-off guy as well. So it increases the depth up the middle of the organization. We have OGs and converts in the chat, many of them uh, discussing amongst themselves. Mike, I'm just going to roll through some comments here. I'm just going to pick randomly. You don't have yeah. to respond. Anyway. And some questions if you want right. to. Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll get to it. Yeah. Um, Brad Tyndall, uh, we've we've anointed Brad Tyndall an OG. Not here from the very beginning, but you know, just like you know, rising through the ranks of the Jedi. Brad, you are uh, officially an OG. If that means anything to you, that's that's awesome. Um, O'Reilly uh, is an enormously special, competitive, inspiring person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love love to love to hear that take because. Um, you could sense just on social media um, amongst fans, people I know who follow the Maple Leafs, who come to me and watch the podcast and want to bounce things off of me. Everyone's really excited, Mike. It's like Owen Nolan coming to Crazy Town 15 plus years ago. It was, it's, it's great. And I think, you know, when you talk about draft picks being expended, I'm sorry, if you don't have draft capital to, to, um, to barter, uh, you know, something that represents potential success or something down the line for something that you can do here in the now because you feel like you have a chance to 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 make a step. Then don't be don't be in this business. But um, there's people really sense that you've got a real solid guy with pedigree who actually does you know fit into a um, into a uh, deficiency in a hole in the lineup, right? So. Uh, you know, just inspiring and special. He he may turn out to be just that, and if it's only for a short period of time, and the Leafs can get 
to a deeper place than they've been in in, in years, then um, they're just going to have to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to accept that. Uh, yeah, Mike, maybe you make a comment about that and I'll, I'll find something else for us to read here. Well, and, and uh, you referenced for a short period of time and I was of the possibly. Yes. And, and I was of the opinion that that was, you know, because Kyle Dubas sort of went by after about a week, went away from what he said last week about, well, I don't want to trade first round picks for rentals. Well, maybe Ryan O'Reilly may not be a rental. Pierre Lebrun came out yesterday and said um, that O'Reilly, um, the Leafs were going to be on his short list on July 1 as a free agent. Now he's been traded there. Uh, now Kyle Dubas was very careful to say, well, we're not going to talk about contract extension now. It's like, you know, let's see, basically let's date before we make a marriage here. And I, and that, and that's a, that is a good thought. And, you know, Kyle Dubas might not be general manager in a couple months. So, you know, he's not going to uh, go down that road, but I do think that if it's a fit, if he plays well, if he fits with the, the dynamic of this team, which I I don't see any reason why he wouldn't Mm. um, that now, obviously he is a, you know, we know the resume that he has. He's from Clinton, Ontario. His wife is from Toronto uh, you could see the video on social media of his kids watching his watching their dad in blue and white and all excited because you know the grandparents the game, yeah the grand the grandparents are from so like it's it's all the things like like Muzzin who's from I think Woodstock like Tavares who's from Toronto like Michael Bunting who's from Scarborough you're tapping into the family poll of players who, you know, Mitch Marner from, from, uh, I think he's from, he's not from Markham, but he's from the GTA, but all these, all these players, I mean, it's not a guarantee that just because they're from Toronto, they want to play in Toronto, but there are players who do. And if you look at the way things line up and I I think the Dubas is looking at this, Alex Kerfoot's $3.5 million drops off, the salary cap at the end of the year, David Kampf at a million five. They probably don't re-sign him the way he's played. Uh, they, you know, they might want him back, but I, 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 you know, they have a fourth line replacement in Pontus Holmberg. They, they could say they could give O'Reilly five million dollars. That might be competitive on a four or five year deal. And if you slot him in between or, or behind Matthews and Tavares up the middle, they rival what the Bruins are doing and they rival what Tampa Bay is doing. So it may not be just a rental deal. That's, that's my point. Um, but that being said, I mean, you know, I think Kyle Dubas, uh, Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com, you know, basically said, you know, this is taking Dubas out of his sort of his comfort zone. And in a way it is because he was, he was quick to say, you know, I would have done this deal had my contract not been up. But honestly, it's like I, 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 as much as he says it's not a factor, I do believe it's a little bit of a factor. I think he wants to finish the job in Toronto. He wants to win a Stanley Cup in Toronto. It's sort of like Theo Epstein with the Boston Red Sox back in the day. Mm-hmm. What made him Theo Epstein? Winning, breaking the curse of the babe, breaking the curse of the Bambino, then going to Chicago and breaking the 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 hundred year, um, uh, you know, whatever the hey. Uh, whatever the curse was of, of the Cubs do it with money ball Mike you know and that and that's the thing you can't just you know 
plug in what ifs into your spreadsheet and, and, and into your computer and say, well, this guy's going to slot here. This guy's going to slot here. Here's what he's going to get paid. Here's where we're going to be relative to the cap. And it will just all work out. Kyle Dubas um, doesn't operate in a bubble or a vacuum. And coming out of his comfort zone is, is you know, that's to be expected. But this is good for him. Right. Yeah. This is, he's done this. Sorry, Mike. He's yeah. done years past. I mean, we've, you know, as, as, as Joe Thornton, Zach Bogosian, uh, Nick Felino. Right. Uh, but he's, he hasn't really deviated from from the plan uh, in general, which is fine, which, right. which is fine. But again, in, in these in these moments, whether his job is on the line or he feels as, uh, as comfortable as as anybody could, you know, just based on um, entitlement. And I'm not saying he feels that way, but either way, he's got to make these moves at this point to to uh, to do something to try and elevate his team because it's getting redundant. It's getting old. We know it. He knows it as as somebody who just is probably excited to watch good hockey and wants to be a part of something that goes deep into the spring. So this is this is what happens. And, the you know, people who lament capital being expended. Give me a fucking break, man. Well- it's part of the job. It's part of the deal. It's I, not, and he's done well. And some of the coaches and converts have made this point. He's done well dra- drafting in the later rounds. Yes, yeah, but, but, but now you get paid, man. Like, but these you know first round picks. Sure, no one wants to just get rid of them. But no, but 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 I think I think the important thing here, uh, Norm, is in a you know I mean yes you can take the philosophy and I'm not saying you're doing this but you can take the philosophy of Cliff Fletcher and say draft schmaft. But when when it's the 2020 when the 2023 draft is one of the stronger drafts in in probably a decade, right. and you have you know three maybe two picks because they may have a uh, uh, they may have a third round pick if Arizona decides to take. Uh, the right. second round pick in 2025 from the Nick Ritchie deal, you know, you basically you're going to Nashville in, in June to ha- enjoy the hot chicken. So it's like, I mean, you know, it, it is, it is a factor and organizationally, but the, but the point that, and this is where, this is where I think Zeisberger's point is correct, is, is correct. He's out of his comfort zone, not only because he traded draft picks, but he didn't trade. He didn't double down on skill. He didn't go for Timo Meyer and load the top six with another skilled forward. He got a gritty two-way center in in O'Reilly who provides a different aspect to this team. Now he's not a goon. He's not a massively physical guy, but he's you know in the playoffs he's a sandpapery guy who will match up with you know Braden Point or Anthony Sorelli or Nick Paul. Uh, and you know against Tampa Bay, and and will provide them something that they didn't have. And Achari imp- it lengthens and improves their their lineup up front. Um, if they had gone for a Timo Meyer, then I would have said this is basically Dubas doubling down on skill. And instead, he 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 went all in. Sorry, what was that? I believe it would have cost more too. Yes, and that, that was that was the point that Elliot Friedman made. And Put those two things together. Friedman said they opted for O'Reilly because the cost was too much. The Leafs gave up draft picks in the O'Reilly deal. Dubas said um, we opted to give up the, the the mystery box, which was draft picks, rather than give up prospects in the pipeline. Put two and two together. That means San Jose wanted Matthew Nyes. 
And I, I have said, I've said for two months they were going after Ryan O'Reilly. And I've said for a while they were not trading Matthew Nyes. And gee, we're at February 19th. And what happened? They traded for Ryan O'Reilly and they didn't trade Matthew Can Nyes. Thank I, you very much. OG's converts right now in the chat. Pay homage to this wonderful Italian American or American Italian <laughs> from Western New York, the, the one and only Michael Piagello. He called oh. He called this. What will you call for us next, my friend? That is uh, what we're we're all waiting with anticipation to find out. Chris Daniels with with something here. <laughs> is, is way, this, is, this is Karnak. I'm doing Karnak. Yeah. Um, Chris Daniels, this is good. The reality is we aren't going to re-sign Nylander and Matthews. We had to go all in this year because we were probably going to trade Nylander in the off season. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay, I'll, I'll slightly disagree. Um, Neilander and Matthews are both up at the end of the year or at the end of next year. Um, Matthews, um, they will not let Matthews because because he similar to John Tavares with the Islanders, he has no move clause. Similar to um, I think Dylan Larkin in in Detroit, uh, they have no move clauses that kick in on July first. Um, Austin Matthews will be signed to an extension uh, b- before July 1st. They will pay him whatever he wants. He will be the highest paid player in the NHL. I, I do not doubt that. That will be uh, priority A for Dubas or priority A for whoever the general manager is for this team. As for Nylander, I mean, he's having a great year. He's played really well all year. He hasn't had his Mr. Willie uh, vacation yet, and I'm hoping he doesn't because they need they need him to play at this level. Um, he's under contract at seven million bucks with no no trade protection. Um, I think they're going to let it ride until the deadline, and if they can't get him signed, then you know, I mean, then I, I think then there there there's a decision that's going to have to be made. I you know what I, I and I said this I think on on our last uh, on our last show. There's going to be a reallocation of funds when it comes to the core four because John Tavares at age 34 or 35 is not going to be an 11 million dollar player, and he realizes that. And if he wants to stay in Toronto, which I think he does, he'll probably have to take a lesser salary, like say Joe Pavelski did. Uh, in San Jose and then later in Dallas uh, as an older play as an older player you know he's still gonna be a contributor but they're gonna have to reallocate funds to to give to Marner to give to Neander to give to uh, Matthews um to give to O'Reilly if they want to sign him to give to Michael bunting that's just you know that that's where things are gonna go um that's that's a concern for the summer right now. They're just trying trying to get as much talent on this roster under the cap before right. March the third. And right. I know that there were some questions in the chat about the about defense, and I'll I'll answer them in a little bit. But I I just think that right now the biggest thing that we can take from this whole thing, Norm, is the deal that they made didn't touch this roster. It right. added to it. And that was the biggest thing. They didn't want to subtract. They didn't want to shake up the the esprit de corps, the confidence, the the camaraderie of this team. They wanted to add to the group, and they did. <laughs> now, management didn't want to dismantle what it has currently. Fans would certainly 
uh, like to see some pieces supplemented. Um, number three. And, you know, number three. Alex, <laughs> Alex Kerfoot. Again, easier said than done. And it, it's remarkable. And we, we get caught up in this too. We think a player is shit. So trade him. So someone else is going to want to take your shit. I don't, I don't think so. Corey Parrish with a good one here. I like this. Mike, I don't want to be right, but the deadline is March 3rd. Nyes could still be de dealt. Let's not get excited yet. No, oh, no. There's, there is not a, okay, there is not a, first of all, if they're trading Nyes, it would be. I mean, again, that's, who is it? But would you, would you trade him for a top four defenseman with term? Right, but they can't. That, that that's the problem. They can't fit a top four defenseman. Okay. In terms of in terms of salary, they can't fit it. So I mean, right now, I think they're limited in terms of what they can fit under the cap to somebody like a Luke Shen or a Scott Mayfield from the Islanders. Mayfield makes I think a million four. Shen makes eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars, something like that. They they they. And right now, I don't think there's a player out there that they would be willing to trade Nyes for simply because now they've traded a lot of their draft capital. Now they're even more dependent on their young prospects already in the pipeline to come up and be players in the organization. Expect this team to sign more undrafted free agents, uh, college free agents, KHLers, because that will make up for draft picks that are not in the pipeline. But I, I don't think that, you know, there's they're not in on Chikrin. They're not in on Gavrikov. They don't, they're not going to try. I, I, I would be dumbfounded if all of a sudden on top of trading their 2023 first, they trade their 2024 first or Nyes or Sandy. It, it No, I, I, I just, I don't think it's likely. Uh, I don't think they're trading for Jake McCabe or Connor Murphy like Jeremy in the chat. It, it just uh, the, I think they're limited in terms of and the, I'll, I, I've narrowed down the two. Shen makes a lot of sense, right hand shot, physical. Wow. Um, but they but see the iron. We have, we don't even talk about this. Like, sorry, I I get sh shit on for swearing, but. I like it. Um, and smart people swear. Um, but also, too, I just get excited about it. Um, it's, so Luke Shen, like, OG's converse. Who's old enough to remember when Luke Shen joined this club? He was rushed. This guy was a, like, you want to talk about somebody who was shit on and who got uh, the raw end of the deal and who was just thrown to the wolves and really, like, again, a big draft pick who had the weight of the world on his shoulders and just wasn't able to deliver here. Right. There was there was a game. There was a game where Shen had fanned on a couple of shots and had it resulted in some goals against. It was a, I think it was the Ron Wilson era, Mike. I, I, yeah, I, I think so. Was it maybe Paul? No, maybe not that far back. No, it was, it was, well, it was Wilson. fanned on a couple of shots and the fans, you know, were just, uh, they had had enough of this guy. And then he made a shot and they all cheered. And yeah. Pierre Fire. That you know, Habs loving whatever he is, um, made a comment about how how horrible that treatment was, right? And here's a guy who you know, anytime a Habs fan would get on Carey Price or somebody, it was passion, right? But the Leaf fans were just terrible to to mockingly cheer a guy who had struggled throughout the game. It was just terrible. And then all these years later. Luke Shen's a guy we don't like to come back and help support the defensive crew to uh, to, to to help 
um, strengthen it and, and give it, uh, you know, just a, a, a little bit more of um, a, an extra look, more size, more body, and potentially, you know, elevate it, right? Isn't well, it? Well, I mean, we, you know, we, you know, we have to. I have to say that you know when that was going on, Luke Shen. Luke Shen was a fifth overall pick, right. pick in the same draft as Drew Doughty, and uh, no, what was it? I'm sorry, yeah, it was Bogosian, Alex Petrangelo, and Doughty. Yeah, so that that draft. So um, he was fifth, and of the of the four defensemen, he was the and, and you know. Th- I mean, one of them, Doughty is a Hall of Famer, and Pat Petrangelo might be a Hall of Famer. Bogosian's a solid guy, but he had has had his issues. Shen was the worst. Was the worst of the four. Before he had a guy from the Prairies, right? but he, you know, he had a great rookie year, and then, like as you said, he was promoted too early. Like you know, go down the line, folks. You look in your Leaf history: Jim Benning, Gary Nyland. Uh, you know, uh, Luke Richardson, all these defensemen that they brought up way too early, rushed them. You know, the one guy that they brought up early and he it didn't hurt them was Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley was brought up at 19 years old. So I, I'm just saying, like, now the, the targets have been adjusted. He's not a top-pairing defenseman. He's a bottom-pairing guy. So Morgan Riley was obviously a different kind of defenseman, right? Sure. More of a, a puck rusher, a leader, whereas, uh, you know, Shen was – the, a big body he was supposed to be what next Chris Pronger, right? Um, right, that was the hope. Yeah, was not traded for James Rand Riemsdyk. Yes, one for one. Right, right. Uh, but again, you know, like what what happens happened, um, and uh, Luke Shen's uh, good for him. He's he's carved out a, a career, and again, not everybody has to be a Bobby Orr, but now to be on the radar to come back and and augment a, a Maple Leafs group when they couldn't get rid of him fast enough. Uh, you know, 10, 10 years ago, it's crazy. It's just crazy how things um, unfold. Mike, I don't know if you have anything else to add. I know the OGs and converts are, are super fired up. This is, again, this is exciting. Like, I'm, I'm really excited. And and we, we um, you know, people do come down on us and write, that's fine, about how we are negative. Um, I think we're just more realistic. But today, like, I'm excited. Like, the, the, Kyle Dubas has made a trade that you had prognosticated correctly. Congratulations. Um, but we believe, and many people believe, for now, it helps improve this this group. It makes sense. They need depth depth forwards. And not only did they get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, but Enola Chari, who's got experience, who's a heavy guy, who throws his weight around, doesn't fight, he's not a goon, but that kind of guy, too, like... He's not the hit, hidden component here because he's he's in plain sight and he's a part of the, the trade. We know he's there, but there's a guy who may pay as many dividends as Ryan O'Reilly when it all shakes out. A lot of couple out of here. Yeah, it, it does improve the team. It doesn't guarantee a thing as we know. Oh, oh, we know. So, so, you know, I mean, I think they have a better fighting chance against a team like Tampa, but, you know, I watched Tampa last night play against Vegas and Vegas won the game, won five four, and even when they scored an empty net goal, Tampa scored with like ten seconds left, and you know it was like they were dead, and they didn't know that they were dead. And this team is so talented, so you know the Leafs are going to have to be at their optimum to to beat to beat the to beat the Lightning. But hey, go ahead. you mentioned that the the Tampa Lightning. Uh, the Boston Bruins te- teams that uh, design themselves or, or or figure themselves to be, 
you know, the among the elite and, and hockey really starts in the playoffs. They play with their hair on fire. But at what point does that fire, you know, start to to peter out and dwindle? Like what, you know, we talk about kind of just being back against the, the, the lightning year after year and you lose and you lose, you'll finally win, you know. Um, it, it, might, this, it, it might peter... It, something maybe is are the are the lightning at a at any kind of point where you see what this this whole ride is about to, it, at some point going to come to an end mm, and, I, it, by a default it might um but i can't think i don't think the leafs can depend on you know uh stanley cup hangover or you know i mean who, who I mean, you've seen like teams that are successful. They say, well, you know, the the, the extra games and the and the physical physical uh, uh, wear and tear piles up on them, and then you know, eventually, like the Islanders or the Oilers, and the right. uh, uh, you know that that it just wears on them. I don't think the Leafs can depend on that to happen with Tampa. They're an immensely talented team with star players in their prime. Uh, you know, Stamkos is still one of the best players in the NHL. So is Kucherov. So is Hedman. So is Vasilevsky. So and it's endless. So they're going to have to rise to the occasion. Um, but uh, here, here is the only criticism, and this, and there's nothing they can, nothing they can do about this. If you know, Kyle Dubas, as as Elliot Friedman reported last night, was was wary of the fact that the Rangers made the deal for Tarasenko, um, and the Leafs had to strike to get O'Reilly before some of the big uh, impact players at the deadline were off the market. And they moved early, and maybe they gave up an extra draft pick, or maybe they gave up a 2023 first instead of a 2024 first to, uh, to make that happen. But the only negative is by moving early, you give uh, Julian Breesbaugh, the GM of Tampa, and you give Don Sweeney, the GM in Boston, the opportunity to respond. If you make a deal on March the 3rd at 1 o'clock, they don't have an opportunity to respond. And, you know, we know Boston is in on Gavrikov. They're in on Chikrin. They seem to be looking for a left defenseman. Um, Tampa Bay, there's rumors of them being in on Tyler Bertuzzi, although Detroit might not, might not trade him because they're in a playoff race right now. So, these guys, if at all possible, will respond. And I think the Leafs have one move left in them, which is a depth defenseman. But I don't think they have much more than that. So I don't think, you know, as uh, I don't know who it was, I can't remember, uh, said about them trading Matthew Nyes. I don't think it's happening. So as much as the, the Leafs are, are trying to improve and preparing for you know destination Tampa in the first round, by, by no means are, are the Lightning who... Um, who, who many believe are still the the favorite to win the series and have the pedigree and the experience. By no means are they thinking they've got it wrapped up. They're going to make the moves that they need to make yeah. because they see the Leafs working right. And with Boston, you know, playing with its hair on fire and being so damn good, you know, um, there's there's obviously a sense of paranoia there too. That's quiet. Uh, that's hidden. Uh, you know, amid the confidence that hey, you know. Um, it could all unravel on us as well. So we, any anything we can do to strengthen our position, we certainly will do. So, um, you know, we got a quiet arms race going on here. It'll be interesting to see how the Boston and Tampa, uh, not so much um, 
react to what the Leafs do by doing something, but making a move um, that benefits them on their own terms as you know, the, the the collective group of teams that may be facing off here in the next couple of months in the, in the postseason do the same kind of things, Mike. Uh, any any last words? OG's Converts, thanks so much for being here. Tons of people in the chat. Like the content. Subscribe to the channel. We've got uh, many more Leafs combos to go uh, leading up um, you know, to what we hope is going to be a playoff run. We shall see. And then we'll have uh, a few, few more uh, collaborations as we get closer to, to March 3rd. Mike, any last words? Uh, just a couple quick things here. Corey Parrish brings up something that somebody in somebody on social media uh, brought up yesterday, and it's laughable. What is it? Ryan O'Reilly is not Wendell Clark. No, oh. Only Wendell Clark is Wendell Clark. Will, please stop. I mean, when, okay, Wendell Clark. You are Wendell Clark's biggest fan. Like you yes. And, man. So don't sacrifice. Right, and, I mean, don't give me – Ryan O'Reilly – First of all, he's a center. Second of all, he's not somebody who was going to lay out people like like Wendell laid out uh, 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 Bruce Bell. I mean, or or uh, or uh, Marty Mix or uh, the Marty Mix already laid out Doug Gilmore. It's a, you know, I I would love to see a Wendell Clark player um, with the Leafs, but that's that's not O'Reilly. Even is there even anybody? There isn't. That? There isn't. It's 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 he's a unicorn. Um, now, for all those who are infused with confidence, the Leafs are going to Buffalo on Tuesday. Uh, let me give my fans and friends in the southern tier, in southern Ontario, a friendly word. Don't go. Don't go to Buffalo. If you're going down there to enjoy chicken wings, to enjoy the Galleria Mall, fine. If you're going down there to enjoy the Leafs winning in Buffalo, don't go. I mean, okay, imagine Sabres fans have a boner for Ryan O'Reilly because Ryan O'Reilly a few years ago said, I don't want to be the part of this, basically this losing organization. And at that point they were. Um, Sabres fans should thank Ryan O'Reilly because by that trade, Ryan O'Reilly won a Con Smythe and a Stanley Cup in St. Louis and Buffalo got Tage Thompson. So, uh, you know, it was helpful to the, and I think that was the beginning of starting the changeover of the Sabre organization. But if you're going down to Buffalo to watch the Leafs win, don't go. You need some therapy, brother. And it I, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You, we, 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 we hope at the end when all is said and done, this was somewhat therapeutic. But, you know, every time we feel like we're making progress, we uh, regress. Um, it's, if it's not one thing, it's the next. Uh, here we go. Spike 11. Mike and Norm, do you think the Leafs have the coaching and goaltending to win a seven-game series against Tampa and Boston, who both have a better coach and goalie? Okay. Maybe. Um, just to kind of temper the enthusiasm, Mike. Okay, John Cooper could be the best coach in the NHL. So saying he's a better coach than Sheldon Keefe does not mean that Sheldon Keefe is not a good coach. Right. I mean, of course, everybody is going to say Sheldon Keefe, you know, hasn't won a series, so he's not a winner. Well, he won a Calder Cup, and you know, I, you know, so I think that what? counts for something. In fact, you've won. Sorry, say that again. What? What? You know, how do how do you quantify this? And and. Are you is he's won, so he's a good coach. 
Yeah, I mean, is that is that it? What makes him a better coach tactically and in game than somebody like Sheldon Keefe? Please, people were criticizing John Cooper when he lost to John Tortorello and he got swept when they were the best team in the league and they got swept by Columbus. So, you know, Cooper has been there. He lost in the 2015 in the Stanley Cup final to Chicago. So, you know, he's he's taken his slings and arrows and now he's a, now he's a championship coach. So uh, I think Sheldon Keefe is a good coach. Now I think he has more uh, tools to work with in terms of a roster. Um, I don't think the Leafs were up to the talent level of Tampa, and I still don't think they're equal to them, but they're close. Um, I do think Sheldon Keefe is as good a coach. What does Jim Montgomery want? Mm -hmm. He's a good coach, but he hasn't won anything. And uh, what does Linus Allmark want? Matt Murray's won two Stanley Cups. Okay, and and I'm sorry. I will continue to say, and everybody will in the in the chat will probably lose their minds. Matt Murray will probably be back by February 28th. And in spite of how good Ilya Samsonov has played, and I think the Leafs are very fortunate that they have Ilya Samsonov. Game one of the first round, if he's healthy, Matt Murray's your goalie. Mark Mark Dag. Any relation to Alexandre? Um, we have, we have, we had, I think we had a, a, somebody with the last name of Tanty in the chat. So that might be Tony Tanty's relative. These guys, these guys are um, amazing. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching the naysayers lose their minds. Um, I think I know what he means. Uh, yeah, I do. And here, here's the thing about the Leafs goaltending. There are four guys. You've got four, you got four guys. If one's injured, the other's sick. The, the 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 backup tandem they're very raring to go. Joseph Wall's a good goaltender. And don't forget what Eric Schalgren contributed to this team when uh, things were falling apart at the early going. Right now, right now Vegas is on goalies three and four. Aiden Hill and Larab Boisseau. It's like Logan Thompson's hurt. Robin Leonard's hurt. You know, it it's not unique, but. I have a feeling that if the Leafs make a long playoff run, which everybody in the chat is hoping, and this will be the last thing, if the Leafs make a long playoff run, it's going to be like 67 where Bauer and Sawchuck both played. Right. And like in 2006 when the Carolina won the Stanley Cup, Martin Gerber and Cam Ward played. There are very few teams in the league right now. You know, Ottinger with Dallas, uh, uh Shesterkin, Sorokin, if the Islanders make the playoffs, Vasilevsky, where there's one goalie. I think a lot of these teams are going to be playing two goalies in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Man, um, exciting times. Uh, the, the Leafs are good. They just got better with uh, two two really solid players joining the roster. Who else um, will be welcomed into the fold between now and and March 3rd. And if it is no one else, will you be as excited as we are at this point? Will the Leafs have done enough? I guess, Mike, time will tell. Like the content, please subscribe to the channel. I'm you know, like very repetitive about this, but we have so many thousands of people um, who enjoy our content, or we believe they do, uh, and they are not linked to us through a subscription. It's free. Go ahead. Um, subscribe to the Leafs Combo on YouTube. And then don't forget, we're on your favorite favorite podcast platform, um, turning out the shows uh, weekly, just like the last couple of days. There's always a bonus show here and there, and I'm sure we'll do a few more as uh, March 3rd approaches. Mike, before we go, HockeyBuzz.com. Or, I mean, obviously your your work. I, I can thank you very much for 
laying out the groundwork for what turned out to be a deal that you predicted would happen. Um, I mean, I, I assume you're breaking that down and then just laying out some ideas of what could come next at HockeyBuzz.com. Yeah, tomorrow will be, you know, look just looking back at the game against Chicago, I don't think there's going to be much of a change in the lineup. Um, and, but looking forward to the game against uh, Buffalo and, and how uh, O'Reilly and Achari will be uh, utilized by Sheldon Keith. Uh, this is dated, but is this Shalgren's game, or are they going to give Samson off a, a night off? They don't necessarily need him to, to play against Chicago, do they? It all de- it all depends on how Samsonoff feels. If he's if he's they said he was feeling better, but um, for him to play uh, in Chicago tonight, he would fly separate from the team. I have a feeling they'll probably just say go with Shalgren, um, have Wall back up, and then Samsonoff will play in Buffalo on Tuesday. I like it. I, I I like it. Will these guys turn out to be a, a champion, Stanley Cup champion for some <laughs> that minders? Who knows? But I mean, they they can all uh, eat up minutes, and they're all good goaltenders. And uh, I'm just excited, guys. I know OGs and comrades, you feel this the same way. Super Strike Nine, yes, certainly a great combo. Everybody's in a good mood, including uh, Mr. Mr. P. But for for how long? So stay tuned, Michael, uh, and have a have a great podcast uh, later on today. Um, and uh, yeah, just just enjoy it. We'll uh, probably chat with some of you guys on social media during the Hawks game tonight. So for Mike, I'm Norm. Talk to you guys soon.